Hi, I'm Robert Rivera, and I want to welcome you to a bonus episode of Mixed Take, a world outspoken podcast where we discuss how the mixing of cultures and heritages in the U.S. influence film, television, and other forms of media and entertainment. And I'm Dani Alicea. Today is a special episode. We're talking about a Netflix original movie called Blue Miracle. And we're interviewing the star of the movie, Jimmy Gonzalez. Yes. So get ready, because we're about to set sail. Lights, camera, action. All right. Hey, before we get into the interview with Jimmy Gonzalez, uh, we wanted just to give our thoughts, right? Yeah. On the film. We don't want to give too much away. No, no spoilers. The logline of the movie says... The incredible true story of Casa Ogad, the Mexican boy's home that entered the world's biggest fishing tournament to save their orphanage. So I was able to watch this movie with my family, and we all walked away with a smile. It was great. We all really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Donnie, however, of course, has some incredibly deep insights that I thought would be really (laughs) beneficial for everyone to hear. Donnie, can you give us a a feel for the setting of this movie, where it takes place, and uh, yeah. So, like, as I'm watching the film, almost right at the front end, we find out that the setting of Casa Hogar is in Cabo, Mexico. And for me, when I hear Cabo, I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, yo, like vacation destination. Yeah, like beautiful sandy beaches and five-star hotels and all-you-can-eat buffets. So I was like, okay, Cabo. But then Okay, Donnie, that's the life you live? (laughs) Started from the bottom. Look, inside of to Donnie's, you know, <laughs> don't spring I wish. breaks. No, no. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, Cabo, yeah. it's going to be like a really beautiful settings and, and crazy shots of the beach and stuff like that. But then we enter into this world of an orphanage where the walls are rough and the floors are rough and the streets that these boys live in. It's a rough uh, perspective of Kabul that I didn't honestly know existed. So the realities of, you know, when we go, when we think about a certain place and we travel there for fill in the blank, there are people that live there every day where they may not have these wonderful, beautiful, lush experiences that we think of. So for me, it was like, wow, this place that I'm conditioned to think of as the ideal vacation destination, there is an underlying reality of the people that live there and the struggle that they face and deal with. So, you know, almost immediately I was drawn into the story like, oh, what's the real Cabo like? Not the one in the brochures, but the one that we see when you pull the curtain back. Definitely. I, I I love how this movie is shot. I think Julio Quintana had a vision for how he wanted to present this film, but he has some really clever editing in there, um, yes. some beautiful lighting at, at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So I, I think even just aesthetically, the movie draws you in. So that's what I appreciate. It's While I appreciated the story, yes, it was also fun to watch, fun to look at. 100%. It was beautiful. I, was, I, I even really enjoyed how even the kind of roughness, you know, anytime you go to the Caribbean, typically the houses are, you know, cement with the tile floors, like we talked about. And so we get that, but it's still beautiful. There's like an urban decay almost to it. Yeah. That's like, it's rugged, but it's gorgeous. And like you said, some of those scene changes where things would kind of roll into another, 
I thought Julio just did a fabulous job. Yeah, definitely. So, so what were your thoughts, yeah. if I may, of kind of we see this dichotomy, if you will, of like upper, lower class, you know, again, this Cabo that we think of with the black and white competition, the top tier fishermen of the world come in, they pay top premium dollar to enter, but then the real Cabo with the local fishermen that can't afford to enter this competition that again, the movie is, is really kind of not to give away too much, but there's a contest. So Rob, what were your thoughts on kind of the dichotomy that we see in the film of this upper class and this lower class or, or even this brochure version of Cabo versus the, the real Cabo. Yeah. In our, in our pre podcast chat, I thought you brought up some really good points on this. (laughs) I think you had you you had pointed out that a Mexican team had not previously won the, the that fishing competition, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yet it takes place in Mexico. Mm. Some of the reasons that that you pointed out that I thought were great. So I'm giving you all the credit here, Donnie. I just want to make everybody. No, I want everyone to know. <laughs> oh, no, my goodness. You're the brains behind the great insights here. Stop. Um, no, that probably in large part this has to do with with an with the entry fee, right? Yeah. And 100%. so with that being said, I don't remember if the trailers um talk about this at all, but uh mm, you know, they waive the entry fee mm-hmm. in this in this movie so that others have an opportunity to come in and and be a part of the competition. But that entry fee in a sense can kind of work in in the systematic way, right, to keep a certain demographic out mm-hmm. of the competition. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to know if there are very skilled fishermen, actually, the movie kind of hints at the fact that there are some very skilled fishermen out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that do not enter the con- the the contest. But again, I don't think the movie is trying to really preach this too much. But I thought it was a, it was yeah. a fair insight to say that that there's a system in place that that is kind of holding um, a certain demographic back from from sharing in the riches of this competition. Yeah, and we would say that systemic injustice is all over the world, all different cultures, reaches all different everything, whether it's sports, travel, entertainment, education, political, you know, uh, influences, it's everywhere. And so, you know, it was a, a subtle thing in the movie. You kind of, you could easily, you know, miss it, but it's there and I appreciate it. I was like, wow. What an amazing thing for these local fishermen to be the first to uh, to take the W for that that fishing competition. Yeah, you know the other thing that I appreciated here: the movie is in English. However, mm. the cast is very Latino. The director mm-hmm. is Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, the star of the movie is Latino. I know Dennis Quaid is in the movie, but. But he does not take that front and center role. That that belongs to Jimmy Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. I love that because what this movie shows us is basically kind of a hero, right? That is brown. Mm-hmm. And when I think of of inspirational movies, I think of white cast. I think of black cast, but I don't think of a whole lot of Latino casts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I was encouraged when I saw that this cast was predominantly Latino, and I hope that this opens up the door 
for more movies like this that are thoughtful, they're inspiring. You know, this wasn't a comedy. This was not cheesy in terms of like giving easy answers in life. And what I appreciate, obviously, this is based on true events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that was that was one takeaway that I had. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the Spanglish aspect. You know, it was 95% English, but they'd throw in a, a Spanish phrase every now and again or, you know, end their sentences. It, it was just like, oh, that's... <laughs> to kind of root it back to the world of Latinos and make sure that we remember these are Latinos. Yes. It, it is very reminiscent of our upbringing, right? Where we might be around family members and friends that, that are speaking English, but of course will bust into that Spanglish at any moment. Yeah, for sure. So without further ado, let's jump into our interview with Jimmy Gonzalez. I'm in uh, LA and I live Perfect. in Los Feliz. Where are you guys at? Chicago. Oh man, that I, I've down. been to Chicago twice. Oh, oh come I back. I love it. I'm ready. <laughs> For real, come back. We'll show you all the good places to eat. I mean, yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. We love to yeah. eat, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, zero carbs, right? Deep dish pizza, zero carbs. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. right. Everything Got is it. a diet. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. are those, those, yeah, they have actually, you probably can find that somewhere in the city. Oh. <laughs> Vegan empanadas, every, just the, the full spectrum. Hey, that's right. I'm, I'm open to all of it. <laughs> not gonna say i'm gonna like it but i'm over right right, right. you'll it. try it that's what yeah. so for the interview are we gonna call you jimmy or papa omar which is your uh, uh you guys you can call me jimmy or you can call me whatever you want actually <laughs> <laughs> well, hey congrats on yes. a starring role we i know. know thank you man like we celebrate with you proud of you like this is you know our accomplishment we're in it with you Yes, Thank definitely. You. As Latinos, you know, your representation of us on the on the big screen, that's exciting. Yeah. So so this is what I wanted to say. We were sitting down to watch. We're going to have a movie night. And okay. um, I don't even know if I should say what the other movie was. It was another very popular yeah. uh, family friendly movie. It was Mitchell versus Machines. And okay. um, we're like, do you, wanna, do you guys want to watch that? Or do you guys want to check out um, Blue Miracle? And they're like, Blue Miracle. And after they watched it, they were like, that was the right choice. So they loved it. You nailed it. Yes. So Thank you. Tell, uh, give them high fives for me. I will. I will. They'll be very excited to hear that. Yeah. Hey, so how Jimmy, old were they? Um, the ones that watched it with me, uh, 15, 13, and nine years old. Whoa, that's awesome. It was, yeah. it was incredible. It was so incredible. Jimmy. Tell us yeah. your journey to getting to this starring role. What was it like? Ups, downs, goods, bads? Yeah, you know, it came in a, a very interesting time for me. You know, um, I, I started acting like like diligently going after this dream that I had as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, it, 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 I was 25. I was kind of late coming mm -hmm. into it, but it was something that I absolutely always wanted to do is be an actor and if you know sh shamelessly i'll say it i always wanted to be a star like the starring like the lead guy you know yeah. i wanted to tell these stories and because it was that i never saw anyone that looked like me on tv mm. as a kid or in film mm -hmm. you know and i always thought like uh i always modeled myself a, you know like 
Harrison Ford, or, you know, like these like yeah. other yeah. amazing actors. So I start to kind of get some momentum going in, in the professional realm, if you will. Um, I had been doing theater and stuff like that. But um, I started booking actual like TV studio and film roles with like consistent, like a pretty regular, uh, consistent amount of time, 2013. And I was doing, I was playing a lot of like supporting roles and, you know, smaller roles and stuff like that. And by the time I met Julio, you know, I, I was having some, some pretty good success. You know, I was making a living as an actor and yeah. it was awesome. Uh, that's, that's a success to me. But that dream of being a leading man was mm-hmm. kind of kind of falling back. I, I went to visit him, visit Julio. Um, and I was there to, to meet him about a uh, supporting role. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he called the producer and after our meeting, um, we had lunch in Austin, Texas, where his wife was there, Marla, and his six-month-old baby. She's so <laughs> cute. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, literally, I sat there and I looked at her for like an hour straight you know, <laughs> while they ate, you know? And a little muñeca. Yeah, she was. And she was yeah. just like, looking up at me and she's... And and they were pretty happy about it because they actually had a time to like eat. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and so we left that meeting and I and I called the I called the producer Javier Chapa and I said, you know, I'll do anything for them. Like I'll push a broom. I don't care. I love everything about them. And so, you know, he's like, yeah, man, it'll be a week and this, that, and the other and in the Dominican, it'll be, you know, right after you get done doing Mayans and all this stuff. And I was like, cool. Well, apparently Julio called Javier and said, you know, he's not a supporting guy. He's my lead. And I didn't know this. I had no idea that this was happening. And then it was presented to me, you know, a, a couple of weeks later. And it was just, it was a surreal feeling and 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 then I, I after like the initial like excitement it was absolutely terrifying right. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I was like oh my god what am i doing <laughs> what have i said so, yes to <laughs> yeah exactly and it's been it's been an interesting journey yeah was it important also for you to tell this story like a very latino story with yeah. latino cast a Latino yeah. writer and director. How important was that yeah. for you? Yeah, yeah, that was a huge part, right? I mean, when I got the script, it, 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 there were some real obvious parallels to, to my life, you know, mm-hmm. me as the human, the person. And, but I wasn't tuned into that yet because I hadn't gotten the script. But when after I left that meeting, that was the driving force. Like, I, that, that's why I called Javier and I was like, I don't care what I have to do. I will push a broom. I literally said that I will push a broom for them. I have to be a part of this. I have to be a part of this. So it was, it was instrumental. It was the foundation really. Well, I'm going to say this, Julio, he nailed it when he, when he cast you, I I thought you did, you did a great job. I don't know Papa Omar personally. I've never actually met him, but um, I feel like I met him through you in this movie. Um, What? (laughs) Thank you. What, what was it about your personal life that prepared you for this role? Yeah, yeah. You know, a little bit of backstory. I was born in Austin, Texas, and I was, I'm the eldest of four. 
I have two sisters and a brother. And, you know, we're all very close in age. But my sister came along about 18 months later. And my mother and my father were migrant workers. And um, we moved from Texas to Oregon to, you know, to Piscata, man, like to, you know, La Fresa, the blackberries, the walnuts, the apples. Like, I mean, there was work there and my cousins were up there and they were working. And so we, we moved up there as migrants, you know, and it didn't quite work out, you know, the way my father and my mother planned and it, which is, which is the case, you know? And so we, we hit a bunch of rough, rough patches. Um, My father got you know, got, got involved with like drugs and crime. And, you know, he ended up in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother uh, doesn't speak any English. Um, it understands everything, mm-hmm. right? Like that's her secret weapon. She yep. understands everything. You can't get anything that's past her. Right. No, you're not going to get anything past <laughs> her. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, she was struggling, you know, she was working at a factory and she was not making any money really. And she was trying to raise four children. And so I, I took the streets and, you know, started making money, you know, the way that I thought you could, you, you, I could. Yeah. And it involved drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and my mother was, you know, she just didn't know what to do and I had no resources, you know? And um, so she, uh, she, she did the best thing that she thought she could. And, she, you know, she, she put me in foster care at 11 to get me off mm-hmm. the streets, you know, and, I look back on that decision for her and I'm sorry. No, take your time. Um, you know, for somebody to do that, for a mother to do that, there was a tremendous amount of pain and, and, and it was really hard. And, and um, yeah, I would imagine it's like cutting off a part of yourself. You yeah, know, your kids are you. They're your heart outside of your body. So I would imagine for yeah. her the, the pain of that. Yeah, and it it was a decision that I looked back on as a, as I as I got older and 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 um, I, I I had to really do a lot of work around it, you know. And and mm-hmm. she's she's my hero. But that you know experience I from eleven to eighteen uh, is I, I spent in foster care and. Towards the end, um, I ended up moving in with a family that really cared and loved for me. And, and it, it turns out, you know, it was my uh, best friend's mom who happened to also be my first grade teacher, you oh, know. Wow. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really phenomenal. So wow. that experience, again, I had not known it, it really that this movie, this was what this kind of what this movie revolved, like was about. And Julio didn't know that about me mm. either when he had mm. this feeling about casting me so the movie is incredibly close yeah to me did you did you experience any personal healing you know did did some of the script or or the the kids facing of you know not having a mom or dad did any of that kind of evoke any emotion in you and yeah you know i i don't have children myself um but um uh you know, work and I've worked with children before, uh, but I've never worked with them as extensively as I did with, with, with these guys. And they, I mean, they're, they taught me more than I could ever even imagine, like, you know what I mean? Teach them or anything like that. They, they, 
they were so open and so giving and so creative and smart. Mm-hmm. Man, they they were awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. And and so, I, look, you know, we all hear about, um, you know, the clock. You know, you know oh, w- yeah. w- w- women are like, oh, the clock, the clock. You know, but right. men have it too. Okay, <laughs> men have it too. You tell know? us about and, it, Jimmy. And- tell us, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I know I had it, you know, and of course it's <laughs> totally different. But like by the time I was like yeah. in my mid thirties, I was like, I'd hear a child and I'd just be like, what, where, you know, and I'm like, I'm, mm. I'm beelining to that day, that kid, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and it's something that's very much a part of me that I still really want, you know? And, um, uh, but when I was working with them, it was like, Oh, this is what it's like. Like, and this is a theme that Julio and I talked about a lot, which was exploring these, these roles of what it's like to be a father, you know, and, and what, what we, what we, how we defined it. And that was like, by, by, by the examples that we had, you know, and, and it was like, you, you know, you don't show emotion and you're never afraid, and you know, real machismo kind of thing, you know, but, it, it, it was this movie was about exposing that as a man, as a, as a man, as a father figure, you know, th- the best thing in my opinion, and not just with kids, but I think in general is to just be honest about your fear and your insecurity and your vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, especially with your children, mm-hmm. you know, because that's an enormous part of life, mm-hmm. you know, and growing up as a kid, I, I, it wasn't okay for me to cry. Mm-hmm. It wasn't okay for me to, you know, show mm-hmm. fear and kind of those kinds of things, you know? Yeah. So when I was working with these guys, these kids, they just, they really, I, 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 sometimes begrudgingly, they brought that out of me, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was awesome. You know, I was going to say that, um, first of all, thank you so much for, for sharing uh, your life with us. Um, yeah. I know that's, that's very personal, and, and I feel honored that you shared that with us. Um, yeah. Secondly, the chemistry with the children really comes out in the, in the film. So I felt <laughs> like you had a genuine relationship yeah. with them. Um, yeah. I really appreciated that. For future generations, for instance, like my children were watching this, I know when I when I first saw the trailer to this movie and I saw that Dennis Quaid was in the cast. Um, yeah, I, I I assumed he might be playing the role of you know the white savior, right? Um, but then a- after watching it, I had a different opinion uh, of of who the actual savior, who the hero of the movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. can, can you speak to me about uh, how um, Papa Omar was was kind of the hero? of this film yeah and what yeah to, to young latinos watching yeah 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 that's a great question um that was a big concern of mine you know reading the script and uh it quickly dissolved because what i saw was a man in papa omar who was despite anything, you know, despite any evidence that things would work out, 
he was still going to try no matter what, you know? And what I also saw was a man having to come to grips with some of these, these beliefs, you know, that he had about himself. And, you know, that's what captain Malloy, you know, that's, he, he points that out, you know? And so the relationship becomes very symbiotic where, inadvertently he's pointing these things out to omar and omar's like oh and checking himself and then growing you know and 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 going out there and doing it no matter what you know what i don't need i don't need the accolades i don't need this we we just let's just go out and try our best and and that was what taught you know because what's important is these kids and and that's what Captain Wade Malloy was missing in his life. He was chasing glory so that he could be a certain kind of representation to his son, but at the sacrifice of his relationship to his son, you know, and he was totally blind to that. And he, and he becomes aware of it through, through Omar, Mm -hmm. which that's what I love about this script. And I remember when the trailer came out and people were like, you know, on, on YouTube, there are people, some people were like, oh, great, another white savior. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, watch the movie. I didn't say anything, but I was like, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait because, you know, that's the ace in the hole, if you will. Yo, <laughs> yo, Jimmy, I literally went into the film thinking this, but this is going to be, you know, a white savior thing. And I was like, oh, we got a brown savior in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. about time. That was, that was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. It's that's the thing about you know these stories. You know, we have we don't. I, I didn't grow up seeing guys like me. You know, no. people like us up on the screen. I didn't see us on the screen in these heroic way exactly yes and you like you play the part of a man of integrity man of responsibility a man who can be leaned on depended upon typically latinos are cast in like the thug roles or the be this and that but it was like yo this is so cool so beautiful (laughs) to see like a reputable brown hero play the lead so thank you thank you for telling this story thank you for doing it excellently oh, i loved wow, it thank you of course i cried like a little bit i was like oh my god no <laughs> papa omar was gonna make me cry today <laughs> but thank you for your contribution it was beautiful thank you thank you very much yeah thank you thank you so much for for taking time we know that you're very busy and yeah. uh taking time to talk to us uh, means a lot and um we're excited to to spread the word about this movie yes. and we want we want this to be successful for for all the reasons that we said earlier, um, yeah. And we want you to be successful. So thank you. Just yeah. um, we likewise. Will, yeah. So I know this is going to yeah. be a movie that's going to make uh, it, it's going to uh, deepen your fan base. I think. Um, oh, so. thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and look, I, you 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 guys are out there doing it as well, you know. And and that's the thing is that. <sighs> The unity. God, we, I feel like yeah. in yeah. the Latino community, like let's all come together. Yes. You know what I mean? I, whether I, it doesn't matter, you're Mexicano, you're, you know, That's Puerto right. Rican, you're Dominican. That's right, Boricua. You know what I mean? 
we're, we're all we all have such a rich history in this country, That's right. you know, and, and in the world, uh, historically speaking, you know, and so let's get out there, man. Let's let's make our let's let's make our voices known. Woo, you're firing That's me right. up. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, thank you so much for taking time. You're welcome. We, we Thank are you for having we me. love you. We appreciate you. We applaud <laughs> you. you. Until next Thank time. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Right. Thank you. Thank right. you, guys. Thank you so much. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. Donnie, what are your thoughts on our interview with Jimmy Gonzalez? Yo, that was absolutely phenomenal. I loved his honesty. I loved his vulnerability. I loved how aware he is. Of, yeah, definitely. You know, of like the importance of the Blue Miracle story, what it means to Latinos everywhere. Like he said, I I grew up not really seeing me on the big screen and not in these hero roles. And so yeah. especially in America's Hollywood, yeah. you know, we know that there's heroes on television you know if you go to mexico or if you cross an ocean to spain like there are some good movies some good tv but in america's hollywood brown representation latinos on screen in the position of a hero cast in that major role is just so rare so i i loved our our interview with him i love getting to know him more um i loved hearing why he chose this role even the integrity of the the writer and director of the film i, I it was just awesome no, definitely. You know what I really loved? I loved his vulnerability. Wait, I have, to, I have a hard time saying this word. Um, Donnie, you know what I loved? I loved his vulnerable vulnerability. <laughs> vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable. Rob, I feel like you're being vulnerable with your difficulty of saying the word vulnerability. It's um, I I feel like you know Porky Pig. You know when he can't say the word and he just goes with another one. Vulnerability. <laughs> Vulnerability. Okay. <laughs> I got it. All right. Carry yeah. on. Okay. Donnie. You... <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Too much. Okay. All right. I think you're spot on. Him being able to open up and just share his life. And mm-hmm. I-, I feel like he- he's, a- he's a real person. You yeah. Know, he's-, yeah. he's a deep feeler. And I love that that story still means so much to him you know his his life story his journey like he's not above that that's still such a big part of his of who he is and mm-hmm. and who he is today so i really i really love that and because of that i, I do love that he he got this role you know papa omar right is kind of battling his mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to mentor these young men yeah. i feel like he was kind of doing the same thing yeah. As an actor, mentoring these young actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, the the individual, the artist, the creator that can turn their tragedy and their pain and then be able to translate that in an honest way to their work, it shows. In Blue Miracle, it shows. I connected with the role. I went into the movie just thinking like, oh, you know, it's another typical, you know, fill in the blank. But I was so emotionally invested by the end of the movie 
it was like, I'm rooting for Casa Hogar. I'm rooting for Papa Omar. I'm rooting for all the kids that live there. I'm like, oh, can I plan a trip down to Cabo? And can I donate to this organization, this establishment? Because it's based on a true life story. They, If you go online, you can actually go to the Casa Hogar website and see all the different things that they're doing. So I was like, wow, this, you know, again, just the the storytelling, but Jimmy's like you said, his vulnerability and his willingness to bring that onto screen to show us a different side of himself and make Papa Omar come to life for us. That was a true gift. As he's answering the, that question about the, you know, the savior of the movie, flipping, flipping that stereotype on its head, the, the white savior theme, mm-hmm. he, he really does flesh out the idea of being a hero and what it what it means to be a man and it's not the stereotypical you know machismo i'm i'm tough and i don't show emotions mm. but rather mm-hmm. very much an endearing a, a person who is willing to give of himself mm-hmm. and in in a lot of ways a shepherd right he was shepherding his little mm. flock mm. and doing whatever it took to keep them safe from this ugly world because really at the end of the at the end of the day, his goal is to keep them in that orphanage. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's trying to figure out anything that he can do to save that orphanage and keep them safe. Yeah. Yeah. What what a what a great movie, great storytelling. I hope everyone goes out and watches Blue Miracle available on Netflix. So it's super accessible. And um, yeah, just really grateful for this powerful storytelling that's that's given to us. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Mixed Take. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also, head over to worldoutspoken.com, a site preparing the Mestizo Church for cultural change, where you'll find information on consulting services, thought-provoking blog posts, and other great podcasts such as The Feature, Questions from the Pew, and of course, the one, the only Mestizo Podcast, the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. Go ahead jump back into Mestizo Podcast or in season two and some great interviews this season. Yeah, it's been really awesome. I've been enjoying season two. And uh, of course, special thanks to our producer, Michelle Perez. That's right. Shout out. Hey, hey. Also, thanks to Emmanuel Padilla and the whole World Outspoken crew. We hope you join us again as we continue to dive into the world of culture influencing content creators. Until next time. Cut. It's a wrap. Cut. It's a wrap.